Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 6th of August 2022. This is David and your other readers this week are Susan, Mark and Catherine. Your editor is Fola and we are Team 5. Our news and items are taken from the local Gazette and Express serving Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamstead and Tring. And all telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless stated otherwise. For those of you with computers, our website address is dtnhamel.org.uk. This week's paper headlines. Charity Drive. Drivers wanted by hospice charity that serves West Hertfordshire, Rennie Grove Hospice Care is appealing for drivers to help them transport stock between its 25 stores. More on this and other local stories now follows. Hello, this is Susan. A charity which serves West Hertfordshire is appealing to the public for volunteers to help them transport stock between its 25 stores. Rennie Grove Hospice Care is looking for drivers for their routes, all of which start from its distribution centre in Berkhamsted. The volunteer role is flexible and would suit anyone over 25 who has a driving licence. The voluntary commitment means that residents can do as little as a morning or afternoon per week. The charity is also recruiting drivers' mates to travel with volunteer drivers in the charity's vans and assist with loading and unloading donated items. The role is suitable for anybody, including those under 25, who are able to move and handle heavy boxes and bags. Hello, this is Mark. Nicola Flood, the buying, merchandising and business development manager at Rennie Grove, said... Our voluntary distribution drivers really are the linchpin of our retail operation. Without drivers, we wouldn't be able to deliver new stock to our stores, which are a crucial source of income for Rennie Grove. She added, It's a great role that is very sociable and engaging, as well as vital to our operations. Our shops raise over a third of our fundraised income each year, which is used by Rennie Grove Hospice Care to provide care and support to adults and children with life-limiting illnesses in West Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. Hello, I'm Catherine. Richard Leet from St Leonard's has been volunteering as a retail distribution driver with Rennie Grove Hospice Care since October 2020. Richard said, I started volunteering as a van driver when I began to reduce my working hours. I volunteer one or two mornings per week, and I absolutely love it. It's a very sociable role, as we are in and out of the distribution centre and travelling between the various shops around the area. He added, I love chatting to the volunteers at the different shops and getting a better understanding of how the whole charity works and how each role makes a difference to the overall picture. Volunteering in this way gives me a great sense of satisfaction and I'd encourage anybody to think about joining the team. People can apply to be volunteer, to be a volunteer, via renniegrove.org forward slash volunteer. The Home Secretary surprised Hertfordshire Police's latest cohort of new officers recently at their headquarters in Welling Garden City. Pretty Patel visited the site to watch a passing out parade for the 18 student officers who celebrated the end of their initial training. Two of these officers will be working in decorum. Chief Constable Charlie Hall officially welcomed them to Hertfordshire Constabulary and presented the officers with framed certificates to mark the end of their initial training. He said... It is always a great pleasure to welcome new police officers into the Harvardshire police family. You can see the pride in the faces of their parents, family and friends in the audience. 
pride at what they've already achieved by becoming a police officer, and pride in what they will be achieved during their long and rewarding policing careers. The desire they have now to get out into our communities and make a real positive difference to people is tangible. He added, I'd like to reassure their families that we will look after their loved ones. We are one big family and we look out for each other. We train them well and we work as one big team. Their training, initial training includes a mixture of classroom and practical sessions, which covers topics including law and police powers, personal safety, and dealing with volatile situations, first aid, and safeguarding victims. On-the-job training continues for three years until officers are declared fit for independent patrol and graduate from the programme. Fewer private hire vehicles are transporting passengers through decorum streets than before the coronavirus pandemic, new figures show. The GMB union said running taxis and pre-booked cars has become more expensive due to a perfect storm of problems, including the cost of living crisis, the coronavirus pandemic and licensing issues. A private hire vehicle, such as those available through Uber, must be pre-booked and cannot ply for hire, whereas a taxi, such as a traditional black cab, can be hailed down and is usually charged on a timed metre. Department for Transport figures show there were 112 private hire vehicles in decorum as of March, down from 115 the year before and below 159 in March 2020. Across England and Wales, the total number of private vehicles increased in the last year following a significant drop in 2021, though it is still well below the number of vehicles on the roads before the pandemic. There were 236,000 private hire vehicles in 2020, dropping to 197,000 last year before rebounding to 208,000 this year. Yassin Aslam, president of the App Drivers and Couriers Union, which represents private hire drivers, said a lot of people stopped driving during the pandemic as they became couriers and decided it was more cost effective. Mr Aslam said low pay, sometimes attached to working for a private hire vehicle company, is another issue adding that a cap on the total number of licensed drivers should be introduced to protect against increasingly low affairs. A swimmer who trains at Hemel Hempstead Swimming Club is part of St Helena's team as he competes at the Birmingham 2020 Commonwealth Games. Josh Yon, 25, trains six times a week at Hemel Hempstead Leisure Centre. He took part in the men's 50 meter and 100 meter backstroke events, the mixed 4x100 meter medley relay, the mixed 4x100 meter freestyle relay, and the men's 4x100 meter freestyle relay. Josh, who lives in Luton, is a healthcare professional who works for Connect Health. He had two weeks prior to the Games off from working to focus on his training and get some much-needed recovery in before the competition. Swimming has always been part of his life and family, with his mother competing internationally as a synchronised swimmer and his grandmother coaching swimmers too. Despite living in the UK, Josh will represent his father's home nation of St Helena which is something he is very proud of. He said, It means so much just to represent such a small part of the earth, basically. I like to spread the word and get information out there and say that we are here and we're here to compete. Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games is the swimmer's second international competition after he took part in the 2018 Commonwealth Games in Gold Coast, Australia. He said, It feels more like a home games because my mum is from the UK. It's different, but it'll be a lot nicer because I'm able to have family come and watch me. 
For young people wanting to follow him in his footsteps and swim at an elite level, Josh has some advice. He said, you've got to put in the hours. It's not easy getting up at five in the morning or four in the morning to go and swim. But those are the sort of commitments you have to make. With a background in healthcare, Josh encourages children to keep active by swimming, even if they don't pursue it at a high level. He said, enjoying sport and activity is enough. It doesn't necessarily mean that you may become the next big name in swimming or whatever sport you do, but being active and doing those things will add so much more benefit to your life than not doing those things. Decorum Borough Council announced that five of its parks have retained the Green Flag Award for being well-managed open spaces. Bunkers Park and Water Gardens in Hemel Hempstead, Canal Fields in Berkhamsted, Chipperfield Common and Tring Memorial Garden were all given the award. Councillor Graham Barrett, portfolio holder for Neighbourhood Services, said... Our parks and green spaces play a vital role for our residents as a place to relax, exercise and meet friends and family. The news that our parks have retained the Green Flag Award is testament to the hard work and dedication of the team that makes the green space a great space that everyone can enjoy. He added, The awards wouldn't be possible without collaboration between the council, town and parish councils and the amazing volunteers and community groups who, between them, maintain the exceptional high standards in these council-run parks. Decorum Borough Council is supporting Love Parks Week 2022, a national campaign that encourages people to make the most of their local parks and open spaces that starts on Friday until August the 5th. The Green Flag Award scheme is managed by Keep Britain Tidy under licence from the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities. The award recognises and rewards well-managed parks and green spaces and sets the benchmark standard for the management of green spaces across the United Kingdom and around the world. A local NHS trust offered residents £40 to contribute to their new travel plans to find out how visitors and patients travel to hospital sites at Hemel Hempstead, Watford and St Albans. Working with independent transport consultancy SISTRA, West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust, ran focus groups to hear about how they get to their appointments. They wanted to know about patients and visitors' use of public transport and whether local people would be interested in cycling or walking to their appointments instead of driving to the Hemel Hempstead, Watford and St Albans sites. Paddy Hennessy, Director of Environment, said that the new multi-storey car park is making a huge difference to patients and staff coming to Watford General Hospital. Mr Hennessy said, We must also be mindful of providing good alternatives to driving, which is important in helping us meet our net zero carbon targets. He added, finding out how local people currently get to our hospitals and what they might consider in the future really helps our planning, which is why we want to hear views from the communities we serve. The online focus groups took place on August the 3rd and 4th. A mother in Hemel Hempstead is backing a campaign to fund more specialist nurses in the NHS, following the life-changing impact of a Roald Dahl Children's Charity Nurse at Ashford and St Peter's Hospital. Susanna Goodchild's son, Max, has serious health conditions and is supported by nurse Lisa from the charity. The eight-year-old is diagnosed with a GRIN2D-related disorder and epilepsy. He is registered blind, unable to walk, talk, and is dependent on a tube for feeding. Susanna said, Max goes through so many difficulties and so many challenges, yet his bravery and lust for life shines through all the time. 
The family is supported by Lisa Smith, a Roald Dahl children's nurse at Ashford and St Peter's Hospital in Surrey. Max's mother has to communicate with between 10 and 20 specialists each week, which Lisa helps to coordinate. Susanna explained, It's hard to put into words, really, what Lisa does and what Lisa is to us. She is the foundation that holds so many things together for us. Never has she ever let us down. She added, She has taken us from a place where we were very isolated and struggling to get on top of his health to a place where we know we're going to be okay. Susanna is backing the Do Something Marvellous campaign to fund a new specialist nurse in the NHS. She said, I want to help change this because I know firsthand the life-changing impact they have and believe that every seriously ill child deserves a Roald Dahl children's nurse. Dr Kate Irwin, a consultant at Ashford and St Peter's Hospital, said, Since Lisa has been in our service, I cannot express how much she has done for that little boy. Lisa said that when she first met Susanna and Max, it was apparent that if Susanna continued to have the lack of rest that she was having, she was going to end up making herself ill. Lisa explained, Some days I can take more than 40 phone calls, and then I could have a call to say that I've got a new diagnosis on the children's ward. She added, I'll always be there for them. I know Susanna feels I'm part of the family, and it's a real privilege to be part of their journey. Research by Sheffield Hallam University found that Roald Dahl's specialist nurses have a profoundly positive impact on patients, their families, and others around them. Louise Grew, chief executive at Roald Dahl's marvellous children's charity, said, We're encouraging people and businesses to hashtag do something marvellous and help us fund a new specialist nurse in the NHS, just like Lisa. Ms Grew added, This will provide a vital lifeline to hundreds of seriously ill children and families, supporting them both clinically and emotionally. People from decorum are urged to sign up for Rennegrove Hospice Care's annual Chilton's Three Peaks Challenge as it raises vital funds for specialist nursing care. This dog-friendly walk offers sponsored participants a choice of routes through the Chilton's countryside. There are four options for the challenge, which all start at Princess Risborough School in Buckinghamshire. The six-and-a-half-mile linear route tackles Whiteleaf Cross and Coombe Hill. The eight-mile self-guided circular route takes in Whiteleaf Cross. This option includes mapped directions so walkers can make their way around the route at their own pace. The 10-mile linear route allows walkers to complete all three peaks, Whiteleaf Cross, Coombe Hill and Ivinghoe Beacon, with a bus journey between Wendover and Tring Station taking out some of the miles. The 18-mile linear route is the complete route from Princess Risborough School to the top of Ivinghoe Beacon, walking all three local landmarks. All routes include a bus ride back to the start at Princess Risborough School, thanks to Arriva. Tracy Hancock, Director of Fundraising at Rennie Grove Hospice Care, said, Last year, almost 1,000 people hiked through the stunning Chiltern Hills for our 13th annual Chiltern's Three Peaks Challenge. It's a fantastic event each year, and people who take part always tell us how much they enjoy the stunning scenery, the chance to meet new people, and the sense of accomplishment. She added, the funds raised by this event are invaluable in allowing Rennie Grove to continue offering specialist care and support for adults and children with life-limiting illnesses across Buckinghamshire and West Hertfordshire. For example, 
£30 could fund an hour of specialist care from a hospice at home nurse, helping patients to stay at home with their families and make every moment matter. Tickets cost £15 per adult, those over 16, and £7.50 for children 5 to 16 years old, with under fives going free on all routes. Family tickets are available, two adults and up to four children, for £40. This year's event is sponsored by Origin Doors and Windows and R. Benson. Everybody who completes the challenge receives a medal on the day. To sign up, go to rennygrove.org forward slash C3Peaks and that's the number three. Tributes have been paid to a history enthusiast from Apsley. Roy Wood died at the age of 70 and will be dearly missed by family, friends and members of the Hemel Hempstead Local History and Museum Society. A local history expert in his own right, Roy loved all things Apsley and enjoyed collecting postcards and photographs of the area. Margaret, his wife of over 40 years, said, Oh, he was lovely. What else could I say? Roy was a doting grandfather, former Boys Brigade group leader, lifelong West Ham fan and a snooker player, having won the home championship. Before he'd retired, Roy had worked at Nash Mills and for BT. Michael Stanyan, president of the Hemel Hempstead Local History and Museum Society, had known Roy for over 20 years. He said, I've always had admired his dedication to research and on his two subjects of road name derivations and the history of Apsley and its community. Michael added, Roy was willing to share anything with people who were interested and gave many illustrated talks to local groups. As a friend, I will greatly miss his cheerful voice on the phone, sometimes with a question, but more often on a new discovery of his. His legacy will live on through the book he created with his wife about the history of Hemel Hempstead Road and street names. Before his death, he was creating a second book on the subject and, an, on the subject and another publication on the inns and pubs in the area. New police recruits have become part of Hertfordshire Constabulary's team of special constables, with one new officer serving decorum. The officers took the police oath on July the 7th in front of Chief Superintendent Ruth Dodsworth, Superintendent Anna Wright and Justice of the Peace, Dr Stephen Pam. The special constables will be volunteering to help police in Hertfordshire for a minimum of 16 hours a month. They have full policing powers, like regular officers, and will be able to make arrests. Specials come from all walks of life, with the latest cohort including a student, a business owner, and a retail worker. Chief Superintendent Ruth Dodsworth said, I'd like to say a big congratulations to our latest cohort of specials. They've gone through vigorous training and I'm confident that they will be a real asset to the constabulary. CS Dodsworth added, Applications to join our special constabulary are welcome all year round and we're keen to remind aspiring specials about our employee, employer supported policing ESP scheme. This provides businesses with the opportunity to forge closer links with their local policing teams, working proactively together to assist the local community. Those interested in this scheme are asked to visit the website. As bills rise and people's incomes are feeling the pinch, those in need welcome all the help they can get and it may be worthwhile checking if you qualify for pension credit. Help you can receive during the current crisis comes with our National World Cost of Living Price Watch Community Campaign, which lends a listening ear and some useful tips. The latest campaign is the second of our cost of living drives 
following on from the company's successful Heat and Eat Keep Us Warm This Winter drive. According to gov.uk website, pension credit gives you extra money to help with your living costs if you're over state pension age and on a low income. Pension credit can also help with housing costs, such as ground rent or service charges. It says you might get extra help if you're a carer, severely disabled, or responsible for a child or young person. Pension credit is separate from your state pension. You can get pension credit even if you have other income, savings or your own home. If you get pension credit, you can also receive other help, such as housing benefit if you rent the property you live in, support for mortgage interest if you own the property you live in, council tax discount, free TV licence if you're aged 75 or over, help with NHS dental treatment, glasses and transport costs for hospital appointments, help with your heating costs through the Warm Home Discount Scheme, discount on the Royal Mail Redirection Service if you're moving house. Pension credit payments are based on how much money you have coming into a household. Citizens' advice confirms that there are two parts to pension credit, guarantee credit and savings credit, and you may qualify for one or both. Guarantee credit tops up your weekly income to a minimum amount. Savings credit is a small top-up for people who have a modest amount of income or savings. It's only available if you reach state pension age before April the 6th, 2016. To claim pension credit, you must not have too much income or savings and you must live in the UK. You can still be working as long as your income isn't too high and unlike the state pension, you don't need a national insurance record. It's a good idea to gather everything you can about your weekly income before applying. Common forms of income are money from a private pension, money you get from state pension, earnings from employers or being self-employed. Your earnings will be worked out as an average if they go up and down over the year. And benefits such as JSA or ESA. You'll also need to consider what savings and investments you have. Any savings or investments over £10,000 will affect the amount of pension credit you get. You'll be treated as having £1 per week of income for every £500 above £10,000. Visit gov.uk to use the pension credit calculator before applying. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and more news. The Decorum Talking Newspaper's annual general meeting is booked for 2pm on Saturday the 3rd of September at the Adifield Community Centre in Queen's Square, HP24EW. The local mayors will be attending and a nice tea will be provided. We're also planning an interesting quiz for you. We will organise a minibus to get you there and home again, but you must ring the secretary on Hemel 217918 to book a place, leaving your name, address and telephone number. It will be a good opportunity to meet other listeners and the many members of the DTN team of volunteers. We look forward to hearing from you. A planning notice from Decorum Borough Council. Notice of appropriation of open space land for planning purposes, land adjacent to St Margaret's Way, Leverstock Green, Hemel Hempstead, Hertfordshire, HP2 4PA. Notice is hereby given in accordance with section 122 brackets 2A of the Local Government Act 1972 that Decorum Borough Council, the Council, intends to appropriate for planning purposes an area of land being land adjacent to St Margaret's Way, Leverstock Green, Hemel Hempstead, HP2 4PA.
The area comprises approximately 10,000 square meters of land. Planning purposes are for the redevelopment of the land for housing pursuant to the council's planning application reference 21 forward slash 03089 forward slash MFA. Copies of a plan showing the approximate position of the affected land may be inspected free of charge during normal office hours, Monday to Friday at the Forum Marlowe's, Hemel Hempstead, HP1 1DN, and can also be viewed on the Council's website at decorum.gov.uk. By virtue of Section 122 brackets 2A of the Local Government Act 1972, the Council is required to give formal notice of its intention to appropriate open space and consider any objections to the proposed appropriation. Any objection or representations regarding the proposed appropriation should be made in writing to Jacqueline Hutton. Her email address is jacqueline.hutton at decorum.gov.uk no later than 12 noon on the 15th of August 2022. The grounds for any objection should be stated. Almost a half of women have done no vigorous exercise in the past year, according to a new survey. Data from Nuffield Health reported the majority of women said they lacked motivation. The percentages for men are just over a third, saying they had not exercised in that period, having got out of the habit during lockdown. So how can you get back into the swing of things? One, Build an exercise plan around what makes you happy. Nancy Best, founder of ladieswhocrunch.co.uk, suggests a lot of our relationship with exercise is shaped by the language we use, and this needs to change. Unfortunately, lots of people still associate doing exercise with phrases like sweat is your fat crying and no pain, no gain. But she says... Exercise can be anything that gets you moving, from dancing to hiking to pushing your baby's pram up a hill. I could recommend making a list of things that make you happy, like music or time with friends, and try to build an exercise plan that incorporates these things. Best continues, if you're absolutely hating a particular form of exercise, stop. There are so many joyful ways to move your body, so keep experimenting until you find your favourites. Two, focus on how it makes you feel. Exercise is a really powerful tool to boost your mental well-being. I regularly ask my clients to reflect on their mood rating, 0 to 10, before they've started moving their body, and then share their rating after exercise. To highlight the difference, Best says. Write this before and after rating down as a reminder to motivate you when you're in a slump. Don't beat yourself up if you've taken a break from training. Instead, focus your energy on reconnecting with exercise as an act of self-care. 3. Set achievable targets. Having something to work towards can be a great motivation and best recommends starting small while not focusing too much on aesthetics. People can get carried away with huge fitness goals, neglecting broader lifestyle habits like getting consistent hours of sleep and maintaining general activity levels with a solid step count goal. Women in particular are bombarded with weight loss targets when they start their fitness journey. But focusing on getting stronger, not smaller, is the best way to build a healthy body for life. 4. Buddy up. Start a new exercise routine can be lonely, and if you don't have a sense of accountability, lots of people find it hard to stay consistent, says Best. Being part of a community, or exercising with someone, can really help drive results. 5. 
Take care of yourself. Delayed onset muscle soreness, or DOMS, might slow down your progress as you dive back into exercise. Whether it's adopting stretching or low-impact work into your routine, listen to your body when exercising. You'll likely be much more motivated to work out if you're not consistently aching. Now we've been through a heat wave, with more to come, question mark, you may have discovered some unusual physical effects. We asked health experts about some heat-induced issues and how to cope with them. Nosebleeds. It is really common for nosebleeds to occur during a heat wave, says Dr Ross Perry, GP and Medical Director of Cosmetics. Dry air irritates and dries out the nasal membrane, causing crusts in the nose channels, which can be itchy, especially at night, and then bleeds if you're scratching, causing further irritation and potential nosebleeds. What should you do if you get a nosebleed? Perry advises, sit or stand upright and pinch your nose just above the nostrils for 10 minutes or so. Try to lean forward and breathe through your mouth. An ice pack placed at the bridge of the nose will also help. Breathlessness. If you can't escape the heat, you'll naturally sweat more and dehydration can have certain side effects. This can dry out the nasal passage, bronchial tubes and lungs and leave us feeling breathless, explains Perry. Also, hot air holds more water vapours than cool air, resulting in less oxygen and higher humidity. He recommends taking caution when exercising staying hydrated and avoiding the midday heat as a minimum. With breathing problems such as asthma, people do need to take more care. Itchy rash. Your skin can have a reaction to the sun, known as a polymorphic light eruption, says Scott McDougall of the Independent Pharmacy, resulting in a red rash that presents as a dense cluster of tiny inflamed bumps or a large raised patch. The rash typically appears 30 minutes after exposure to the sun and can last for up to two weeks. Episodes are more likely to occur after a long period of having little to no sun exposure. Therefore, you should experience fewer symptoms as the summer progresses. It's important not to scratch the rash to prevent scarring, McDougall advises. To calm the itching, get out of the sun and dab the affected area with a cool, damp cloth. Also, drink plenty of water and take an over-the-counter antihistamine, like Puritan tablets or syrup if you struggle with the tablet form. Dr Ross Perry, GP and Medical Director of Cosmetics, has some further advice with on hot weather. You can get an upset stomach. A whole host of tummy troubles can result from hot weather. Stomach bugs and intestinal infections can be rife, and people who suffer from IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, may also find the heat wave exacerbates their symptoms. Firstly, diarrhoea could be a sign of heat exhaustion, which can be incredibly dangerous, says Perry. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water. And if you have any other symptoms of feeling unwell, including feeling dizzy and confused, you must speak to your doctor. Advice which applies in any of the cases covered here. Dehydration can also cause an IBS flare-up. When we lose electrolytes such as sodium and potassium, it is likely to have more of an effect on IBS sufferers, worsening their symptoms. Bad breath. Bad breath is one of the little-known side effects of not drinking enough water when it's hot outside. When hydrated, your mouth becomes parched and cannot produce enough saliva to wash away food particles. There is not enough water or acid to neutralise cells growing on your tongue. Plus, if you're drinking things like fizzy pop to try and cool down, you're feeding the bacteria in your mouth lots of sugar which can contribute to the build-up of smelly dental plaque. But the solution is simple. The best way to avoid bad breath in a heatwave 
is to drink lots of water. And now obituaries listed on this week's family announcements page are Gerald Baxter, Angela Carter, Margaret Delf, Peter William Haynes, Gloria Monica Seeley, and Barbara Babs Summerfield. May they all rest in peace. And now for some of what's on. Music screening. Westlife, live from Wembley Stadium at Grove Theatre Dunstable on August the 7th. The UK's biggest selling album group of the 21st century will be broadcasting their first ever show from Wembley Stadium. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. Simply Red, Hatfield Park, August 7th. One of the biggest, one of the UK's biggest bands will perform a catalogue of unforgettable hits, including Something Got Me Started, Stars, Fairground, and the US number one hits Holding Back the Years and If You Don't Know Me By Now. With more than 60 million albums sold worldwide, five UK number one albums, and more than a billion views on YouTube, Simply Red remain one of the UK's most successful bands. Support comes from Lisa Stansfield, whose guest vocals helped Cold Cut's People on Hold storm the charts and led to a solo career which saw the Rochdale star conquer the world with her soulful dance music. She went on to enjoy a string of hits, including worldwide number Smash All Around the World. Visit phconcerts.co.uk to book. Now for a little theatre. Little Women, Roman Theatre St Albans, August the 3rd to the 14th. Stephanie Allison's and Amy Connery's briskly paced and fresh approach to Louisa May Alcott's classic coming-of-age 1868 novel comes to the Roman theatre. Allison and Connery have written a new script in collaboration with playwright Sophie Swithenbank to bring a new and modern outlook to the story while retaining the novel's global appeal, adding live music, movement and physical theatre to bring the story to life. Stephanie said, The stage is vast. It's a very exciting space and lends itself to much movement and audience connection. To book, visit ovo.org.uk. Music. Music on Mondays, St Mary's Church, Luton, August the 8th, 7.45pm. Pianist, Roloff Temming, baritone Redmond Sanders, and mezzo-soprano Lucy Cure perform works including Brahms' Wir Ernst Gesänger, Opus 121, and Clara Schumann's Romanza, WO028. Visit lutonmusic.org.uk to book. Community Action Decorum is holding a firewalk on Friday the 30th of September in Hemel Old Town. Daredevils will get the chance to test their mental strength as they put their best foot forward to raise vital funds for Community Action Decorum. Raising funds for Community Action Decorum will mean that you will be able to continue to provide vital services in Decorum, providing shopping and day trips for the elderly so they are not as isolated and lonely. Running shop mobility for the disabled so they can access the town centre. Running repair sheds, bringing men together to improve their health and well-being. Delivering an online radio station, bringing volunteers together to promote the borough. Improving people's quality of life through volunteering. Delivering advice and services to charities who make a difference to our community. 
This adrenaline-fueled event will push your boundaries. You'll be in the safe hands of a top firewalk instructor who will take you through an intense coaching workshop before the firewalk to get you in the right frame of mind for braving the scorching challenge. And you will then be given the opportunity to walk across a 20-foot fire lane, which reaches temperatures of 1,236 degrees Fahrenheit. Can you take the heat? Fearless walkers over the age of 18 are welcome to sign up. Registration is £20 and there's a minimum sponsorship amount of £100. To find out more about the firewalk, visit communityactiondecorum.org forward slash firewalk hyphen fundraiser. Sign up by the 10th of August to secure your place. And if you fancy heading a bit further afield, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is on from the 5th to the 29th of August. The largest arts festival in the world is celebrating its 75th birthday this year. Performers from across the world will head to Scotland to showcase their talents. And if you want to find out more information, head to their website, edfringe.com. Now moving down south. The British Chess Championships is on from the 8th to the 21st of August. Chess players of all ages will battle it out for the top titles at the 108th Championships in Torquay, Devon. And now some dates from this week in history. August the 3rd, 1955. Samuel Beckett's now acknowledged classic, Waiting for Godot, was performed for the first time in London at the Arts Theatre. The performance was punctuated throughout with the clatter of seats as half the audience walked out. On this week last year, the oldest family photograph taken at Stonehenge was found in the collection of Queen guitarist Brian May. On August 4th, 1978, Jeremy Thorpe, a former leader of the Liberal Party, was charged with conspiracy to murder Mr Norman Scott. He was later cleared. August 5th, 1958, the nuclear-powered submarine Nautilus completed its historic journey under the North Pole. August 6th, 1962, Jamaica gained independence after being a British colony for more than 300 years. On this day last year, Virgin Galactic said it was on track to commence commercial space flights in 2022 with individual tickets available from 450,000 US dollars. That's 324,000 pounds. August 7th, 1957, Oliver Hardy, the comedian who with his partner Stan Laurel formed one of the most successful double acts of all time, died. August the 8th, 1940, the Battle of Britain began. On this week last year, more than one-fifth, 23% of people, said live streaming and music was the biggest support to their mental health through lockdown, new figures suggested. Work leave. Use it or lose it. Workers miss out on 7.2 days of annual leave, and that's equivalent to £882.72 per annum. 37% fail to take between one and six paid days off annually. Six in ten have at least one day's holiday allowance left at the end of the year, and only 40% of workers take all their annual leave. 27% of those who do take all their leave log into their emails. 19% are contactable while away and 15% work while officially off. For employees aged between 35 and 44, men have eight days of leave per year lost and for women it's 6.5 days. Self-employed people 24% of them rarely take time off. 36% take unpaid time off. 
and 22% work extra hours to make up for leave taken. Many charity shops are seeing significantly more customers coming through their doors. Although this has led to increased sales, both stock donations and staffing levels have dropped. So what are they doing to respond? Steve Kane investigates. The UK's charity shops are busier than ever. Shopping habits across the country are changing as household budgets are squeezed even, even tighter, resulting in a rise in footfall for these retail outlets. A survey conducted exclusively for National World Publishing Limited showed that, on average, Britain's charity shops are now 10% busier than they were in 2019, and a staggering 30% of people who now shop in them have never used them before. The rising cost of food, gas, electricity and fuel, combined with UK inflation hitting a 40-year high and a fall in disposable income, means shopping habits are changing dramatically. This has resulted in an increase in customers buying from charity shops and a simultaneous fall in goods being donated to them. The good news is we are gaining new customers, but stock levels have been affected because people have less spare income to replace items and so are hanging on to goods for longer, said Amy Ockleford, Senior National Press Officer for the RSPCA. This is in stark contrast to only a couple of years ago. Donations to charity shops saw an all-time high during the lockdowns as broad households embarked upon massive Covid clearouts. As a result, many charity shops whose storerooms were filled to capacity but were unable to trade at the time had to temporarily suspend accepting donations. Some were still inundated with donations dumped in shop doorways. But with that backlog of healthy reserves now sold through and donations to charity stores dropping considerably, many shops are heading for a significant stock shortage. In fact, 1.6 million fewer people donated goods to charity shops in 2021 than they did in 2020. It seems that more and more of us have turned to online free, fee-free selling sites such as eBay and Vinted to rid ourselves of unwanted clothing and accessories and make a bit of money in the process. And, in an attempt to ease the squeeze, the humble car boot sale is resurging in popularity too. The crises in Afghanistan and Ukraine have also affected high street charity shops, with high-profile campaigns diverting attention and the public rallying to support aid efforts for those struggling in these countries. As if that were not enough, many charity shops are also encountering acute staffing shortages. During COVID, many shop volunteers with health issues stopped volunteering and for genuine reasons have not returned, said Amy Ockelford of RSPCA. Additionally, some loyal volunteers who may not have previously claimed travel expenses have been lost, while others have needed to start submitting claims for such expenditure. Volunteers often feel like they are taking away from their charity, said Amy, but their time and efforts are invaluable and they should be encouraged to make expense claims. Our shop ambassadors are true champions and are very passionate about the causes they support. Such circumstances led to some charities launching recruitment drives in an attempt to attract and recruit more volunteers to staff the shops. In any crisis, we know that social support and community is vital for people's mental health and in a cost of living crisis, there isn't a better time to get involved and volunteer in a shop where you can, said Freya Carr, Senior PR Manager for Save the Children UK. However, staff shortages have led to retail teams pulling together to meet the challenges head-on and come up trumps with new sales initiatives. The online selling business has really taken off, one of the push triggers of COVID, giving the sector a significant boost on sales and reaching new customers, said Amy.
Clothing, ladies' wear in particular, continues to be the top seller, according to all the charities that participated in our survey, accounting for a staggering 78% of sales. Essential household items, such as cookware, are also performing strongly, and there are slight increases on menswear and toys, which were traditionally the weaker sections. As might be expected, non-essential items, including bric-a-brac and giftware, are selling less well. Cecily Spa in Berkhamsted has been recognised at the Professional Beauty Awards 2022 when it won Large Salon of the Year. The awards, sponsored by Cosmeditech, celebrate those businesses that focus on the details and provide a personalised service to every client. Eve Oxbury, head of editorial for Professional Beauty magazine, said... Being crowned as a winner at the Professional Beauty Awards is an accolade to be incredibly proud of. She added, We are committed to raising standards within the beauty industry and would like to thank all of the winners for showcasing what excellence looks like. The Professional Beauty Awards aims to recognise those who go above and beyond as a beauty business and make a significant difference to the industry. Pot and End Cricket Club has been given money from UK Power Networks, the company which distributes electricity across the east of England. The £250 Team Sport Award will go towards renovating the team's clubhouse, including updating the changing areas for players. Paul Died, who works as a field staff supervisor for UK Power Networks, arranged the donation. As a committee member at the club, Paul appears for its first and second teams at the weekends. The club competes in the Saracens Hertfordshire Cricket League. Paul said, As with many sports clubs, we faced some financial challenges during the coronavirus pandemic. But this season, we are back to where we were and raising money again for a number of projects. He added, This funding will help refresh the look of our clubhouse which will benefit all of our members and we are hugely grateful for the financial support. English football's elite 20 teams are battling it out for Premier League supremacy in the 2022-23 season from Friday. Curtain raiser is when Crystal Palace took on Arsenal at Salas Park. The Premier League is the top tier of England's football pyramid, with teams battling it out for the honour of being crowned English champions. Usual suspects are expected to do well. According to Betfair, Manchester City are 4-7 to favourites to defend their crown, with other runners competing for the title, including Liverpool at 11-5, Chelsea 13-1, Tottenham Hotspur 14 to 1 and Manchester United at 25 to 1 and Arsenal at 40 to 1 and new rich kids on the block Newcastle United at 100 to 1. Standout games over the weekend of August the 6th and 7th include Newcastle against New Boys Nottingham Forest and West Ham United at home to Manchester City at 4:30 p.m. on Sunday August the 7th televised on Sky Sports. The first box office games of the season will be Manchester United at their Old Trafford home against arch-rivals Liverpool on Monday, August the 22nd. We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 05.32 and 20.40. Don't forget, for those with access to the internet... Our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. For those who are listening to this week's news on Memory Stick, please remove your Memory Stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Turn the label over and post it back to us at the Adyfield Community Centre, the Queen's Square, 
Hemel Hempstead, HP2, 4EW, using any Royal Mail postbox. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor, and Jake, your technician for this week. <laughs>